0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time! Oh, no. Oh, yeah i finished these
2: fights.
0: Give me a hell yeah!
2: Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it! It's the best thing going
1: good. What's up, wrestling fans? This is episode 86 of the Top Rope Nation Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ryan Drosty of ComicBook.com and CBS Interactive. And we're here to break down all the crazy things going on this week in the world of pro wrestling. I am joined by... My usual two sidekicks, Kyle and Justin tonight, as well as a special fourth guest who's going to be joining us to talk wrestling. I'll get to him here in just a minute. But before we go out to him, I'm going to throw it out to Cleveland, Ohio, where we do indeed have Mr. Kyle Ross on the line. Kyle, how's your week going? CBS Interactive, I was unaware i was doing the show with dan rather man what you tell
0: me anything <laughs> maybe i'll we'll get that. dan
1: rather on here next week. <laughs> okay yeah i was i was not informed about this addition to the resume well they they own comic book so that's oh. been that's been the deal for a while yeah
0: oh okay oh oops No, but it didn't get you in trouble
1: no 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 it's it's no i got the cbs logo on the website so okay yeah how's your week going kyle
0: going all right it's a normal week i suppose
1: very fired up to do this podcast. Oh, you Look have like, been pumped. You've been pumped all yeah. night. Text message I'm after gonna text message. <laughs> I'm going to get it to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we try to go an hour, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes tonight. Um, and all the way across town from me here in the great city of Waterloo, Iowa, the only city in the great state of Iowa to ever be home to a professional sports franchise, the NBA, the Waterloo Hawks, Mr. Justin Joint on the line. Justin, what's going on?
2: Uh, not much. Also, the origin of uh the NWA.
1: That is true. The NWA was also born right here in Waterloo, Iowa, about oh, mid 1940s, I think. 1946, something like that, sometime around I there. Thought, was that Dr. Dre or Easy that was born there? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt they have ever been here. Oh but yes, okay. yes. The National Wrestling Alliance, and also the home to the tragos Thez Hall of Fame. So come on and join myself and Justin sometime. We'll buy you a beer and Um, the
0: place across the street
1: (laughs) and yes there's a strip club across the street from the trago hall of fame that is true that's a fact uh justin i did have another question for you i was going to ask you tonight um well first number one how's your week going and number two when was the last time you watched wcw super brawl 2
2: uh my week is going good i've only had to shovel twice um and it's it's probably been about a year since I watched Super Bowl two. Now, when was the last time I watched Pillman Liger? That's probably just a few months ago.
1: Yeah, there we go. For those of you unaware, the non longtime listeners of this show, Super Bowl two is like the show myself and Justin bonded over when we began our wrestling friendship many, many years ago.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. We've got to be coming up on an anniversary of that show. That show took place in February.
1: Yeah. So that was what, ninety two? Be-
0: yeah, we got to be coming up on a 27 year anniversary then. Let's take a look here.
1: Maybe we should do a Top Rope Nation classic show where we talk Super Brawl 2. I'm up for All it. All right. Oh, I, Super I get right now.
2: <laughs> I, I suppose I'll watch it again.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely down. So, like guess, I said, if you're. Guess what day Super Brawl 2 took place on? Huh? February 7th. Uh, wait, what's the day today? February 22nd. How about that? In a couple of days?
2: days. Uh, no, uh, the 29th.
1: Justin joint knows this program, that show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was on a leap year,
1: February 29th. That is unbelievable. Love it. All right. Well, like I said, if you're not a long time listener to the show, maybe you've never heard this story. Thanks for joining us tonight. Um, you can find us right here on YouTube. If you're watching, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It'll help the show out. You can find us on Podbean, where I got to just throw out a special shout out because this week we are Podbean's podcast of the week. So you may have seen us on the homepage of podbean.com. Uh, the front page of the app there, so we're, we're probably guaranteed to do a few more downloads than usual. So for those of you that are joining us for the first time, hit that subscribe button. It helps us out. Of course, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, uh, TopRopeNation.com, wherever podcasts are found. All right, so like I said, we have a special guest joining us tonight, and I am super pumped for this one. Been wanting to get this guy on the show for quite a long time. If you are not familiar with him, maybe you're familiar with the different shows he puts out, the GFQ network the guys from queens network he is the host of the popular mat men pro wrestling podcast i've been watching that show i think since at least 2015 we'll get into that here in just a second he also does a technology podcast called what the tech that is really popular pleasure to welcome mr andrew zarian to top rope nation andrew what's going on Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I hear such great things about you. I was just out
3: uh, drinking with a friend before I did. By the way, I'm probably going to be drunk by the end of the show. We're <laughs> just preparing You'll for that. Right in. This is my third glass of wine here, and I and I had a couple. But I told one of my friends, uh, uh, he his Twitter handle Smart Nation, and we were just talking about wrestling. And he goes, "Oh, well, you're doing podcasts?" I said, "Yeah, I'm going to be on Top Rope Nation," and uh, he was blown away by it. He's a big fan of you. Nice that's yeah, awesome so, here so i was like oh that's excellent i'm going on right now and i and i left and then here i am also uh super brawl 2 the match tonight, arguably mark ba- uh marcus bagwell and uh terry taylor right that that one wins the match of the for that for that card we got tiger and pillman
1: kyle yeah. your thoughts <laughs>
0: the taylor made
1: man in that in,
0: in that particular incarnation. One of my favorite things is remember how WCW used to clip the home video releases down? Like they wouldn't show the whole pay-per-view, they'd cut off like an hour of it. On the clipped version of Super Bowl 2, they left the Taylor Made Man interview on did not show the match. But isn't the Big Josh
3: and DDP match on the uh the VHS version, but not on the pay-per-view? Not on the special.
1: Not sure. I'm not I, sure. I
0: it's been a long time. I dubbed the Turner Home Entertainment, the release, like the videotape you could get from the video store that had stuff cut. Um, and obviously, since I don't have the VCR anymore, it's been a while since I popped that
1: in. So I can't remember if that was on there or not. If that I, made the. I know Justin also had a dubbed yeah. copy of that, which he loaned me, and then I dubbed it. So I had like a second generation copy of it, if I'm not mistaken. But. Also, the big news from that show, I can't believe I remember this, by the way. This is this
3: is upsetting to me on many levels that I remember uh, Super Bowl too, but it was the final appearance for Lex Luger. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Before that's he tough. went
3: to join the
1: uh Vince's WBF. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right, because he was at WrestleMania 8, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he didn't yeah.
0: phone, he did the live via satellite interview with Gorilla and Bobby. And Lex, you know, allegedly, we always have to protect ourselves here was freaking right into the gills of Super Bowl too man i mean dude you could see the needle come out of both arms when he was making his way to what a what an amazing body but what
3: a
1: a pug-like face allegedly yes. on lex luger allegedly a pug-like face <laughs> we by the way kyle we always talking about bix did you see that debate bix was having about lex luger as a worker the other day on twitter
0: yes and my favorite part was bruce mitchell <laughs> shutting him down
1: yeah <laughs> man. That, that's what it was
0: yeah bruce. bruce mitchell's a beaut and a half um i think bix there is kind of a point in his argument about lex luger just for those who missed it or don't follow bix on twitter he was arguing that lex luger historically was underrated i think lex vis-a-vis sting gets a raw deal but I think you have to be careful with, like you do with a lot of things, not to, you know, just because something may have been underrated 20 years ago, you don't want to go and overrate it in the present day. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, it, it, for people who didn't see the heel run in 1989, man, he was really, really good.
3: Who? Uh, Luger.
0: Yes. And, he, oh, and yeah. he, probably deserved he deserved a run with the NWA title at that time.
3: Yeah, he was, he was really on fire. And, and uh, you know, if, if you think about it at the time, the body that he had, I mean, he was a lot of charisma. Uh, not a great promo, but a lot of charisma. And he had a body unlike a lot of people in WCW in
1: 1989.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, he looked like a million bucks.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. This is really getting me motivated to do this. Sh- we got to do a classic show on Super Bowl too. I know, I know Justin would be extremely excited. So that's happening. I think that is definitely within the next we got to do it in the next couple of weeks since uh anniversary is coming up, or I guess we can't actually hit the anniversary, but around February 29th, we got to do it. Um Guys, before we get into the news, we're going to talk about Kofi Kingston. We're going to talk about Roman Reigns. I did want to get Andrew on record here. You know, we got to, we got to promote the show. Thank him for coming on, promote <laughs> Matt Men. And uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with him, like I said, I have been wanting to get Andrew on for a long time. Uh, me and him have been talking on Twitter for a number of years. And uh, like I said, I think I I ran across your show probably like mid-2015, sometime around there. And I rarely miss an episode. It's a very well put together show. You guys were live earlier today. Check that out when I could. Always hit it on demand. So I, I wanted to ask you just first off, where'd you get the idea for the guys from Queens Network and the whole network of shows you have put together? Like what was the uh, what was the genesis for that? And then just how did men come along with you and Rich? Uh, so it's pretty wild. I um, I was in IT. I had no broadcasting experience. I was a huge
3: fan of radio growing up and, uh, you know, growing up in a New York market. Of course, you listen to Howard Stern and that that's your influence in radio. Uh, a lot of my buddies are really well-known stand-up comics. It just, I have no talent for that. Uh, I, I don't have the, I, I could talk for, for hours behind a microphone, but I can't go on top, uh, you know, on a stage. Uh, a lot of my buddies, they're really well-known stand-up comics. One of my good friends from years ago, Tim Dillon, just did Joe Rogan just now. He just finished doing Joe Rogan. So, they were all telling me about this thing called a podcast that I should do in 2009. Uh, And it was, I think it was like January 2009. I was laid off from my IT job. And one of my friends, Kunal Aurora, Casey Aurora, he's a stand up here in New York, goes, We should do a podcast together. And we were just coming up with names. And he goes, Why don't we just do the guys from Queens? We're two guys from Queens. So, that's how the first podcast started as Guys from Queens. And it quickly turned into uh, The Andrew Zarian Show. And then I did What the Tech. I linked up with Paul. Uh, at a, randomly at a bar one day in Manhattan, I'm like, "Oh, I kind of know you. I You're Paul Theriot. I follow your website." And I think he got drunk and said, "I kind of want to do a fun podcast, not the one I do with Twit." Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that was a that was a half compliment, I guess, uh, or a half insult to Twit. So I started doing the podcast with him, and it kind of spun off with that, and that was really my bread and butter for uh, a number of years. And I think about five years ago uh rich and i decided we should do a wrestling podcast because we like wrestling and it was, it was probably 2013 around the uh, cm punk stuff that kind of reinvigorated us to to want to talk about wrestling mm-hmm. uh, even though i've been a diehard wrestling fan since i was a kid my father was a huge wrestling fan my grandfather was a bodybuilder and we used to work out with bruno so that's kind of my weird connection into pro wrestling hmm. um my grandfather being a pro bodybuilder so uh maybe maybe that's my weird obsession with body guys, you know? <laughs> Think about the era that I grew up in watching wrestling, everybody was jacked to the gills. So, uh I I started doing it were rich and uh it went from there. I mean, 2015 was probably my glory days when I was tan and I was working out and I and I had no kids. So <laughs> <laughs> Uh the show was great. We about 20 months ago I took a job. I was a little less committed to the podcast and about uh about four or five months ago I left my job and I'm back into doing this full time
1: nice yeah we all have kids so we're right there with you in fact uh you have two kids one or two I do a boy
3: and a girl I got a three-year-old
1: and a two-year-old okay yeah I got two kids Justin and Kyle each have one my my oldest daughter has been running around here with like a ferocious cold all night and I was I was getting ready to use my iPad with like my notes for the show tonight it was just like covered in phlegm it was so nasty i was taking like the alcohol pads to it and stuff and living the dream right yeah (laughs) if you're not having kids you're not you're not you you don't you don't appreciate things as much (laughs) that's right man that's that's the behind the scenes of top rope nation production tonight (laughs) uh the early days though of your show i've went back on your youtube channel i've watched some of it one of your most viewed videos i think this was from the andrew zarian show was when a former wwf wrestler punched you in the nose. Damien Demento. Tell us that story. Uh, Damien
3: Demento and I met on Stickham where a lot of uh, couples have met. Actually, Uh, I used to to broadcast on Stickham. Stickham hired me to kind of film the place for a tech analysis guy. And that's kind of how I started off in podcasting and live broadcasting. And Damien Demento had an art show and uh, we linked up and he lived not too far away from me. And One of his buddies, uh, Bill, was one of my neighbors, shockingly. So they would come over and we would do this stuff. And uh, Damien Demetra used to do a painting show. And I think he still does it, actually, on YouTube, where he paints these unbelievable uh, pieces of art. I mean, it's actually, the guy is so talented. So uh, we linked up and uh, he punched me in the face. He got very upset with me (laughs) and he punched me. Actually, it was an open-handed slap to the face and my nose busted open and I was bleeding. (laughs) Uh, still to this day, I'm keeping K Fable live with that with that uh, with that story. Tremendous. <laughs> uh, I get I get messages maybe once a month at this point. This is 10 years ago where people uh insulting me and saying that I deserved it Uh, constantly. I get those messages. So I'm going to continue and I'm going to let let it exist in the universe where uh, Damien Demento beat me up. But he did make a uh, as an apology. He drew a portrait of me that I hang up in my office. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um
0: Damien Demento was on the very first Raw.
3: Damien Demento was on the very first Raw. Yeah, and he yeah. said, uh, uh The Undertaker is one of the nicest
1: people he's ever met. Huh. Cool. Interesting. Um like I said, Matt, Men, it's got a pretty dedicated group of listeners. I think when I first started watching it, um, like you can download it too, but I like watching it because as you can see, Andrew's got a hell of a studio there, which I'm going to ask you about here in just a second. We're talking about that off air a little bit. Um, but one of the friends of our show, Top Rope Nation, I actually met through Matt Men. So it's kind of a, it's a good fraternity. So our guy, Derek Chappelle, I'm uh, so sorry you met him. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, we all know him. I mean, he's been on Top Rope Nation multiple times. I think I just met him in the chat room one time, and you know, I think he's been on your show a couple times, but uh, I started turning, tuning into uh, Oversell when he was still doing that. We kept in contact, and then last year, we're all in New Orleans. Derek's there, me, Kyle, Justin, Derek. We all went out, and uh, went to some shows, had some beers, good times. So, hey, that wouldn't have happened without Matt men. So listen, Derek's a great, good, great dude too. And he's very talented. I,
3: I really enjoy talking to him. I think I've done this show a couple of times too. Uh, and I'm glad I was able to unite
1: you two. Oh yeah. (laughs) Creating relationships one step at a time in pro wrestling. That's that's what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, uh, with your studio there, like, like I said, one of the things I like doing is watching the show because you're always like your background there that everyone can see on YouTube right now. You're adding like new collectibles to the background. So how did you come up with the idea for your set there? Because when it comes to wrestling podcasting, I think few can rival the set that Matt Man has. So how did uh, this come about?
3: <laughs> it just it's just a random uh, I find I find crap
1: in my attic and I just bring it down. <laughs> uh,
3: I, I really it, it has to really do with the weird shape of my my studio. Uh, I can't this is a closet behind me that I've removed the doors off of and i've I've extended I guess the room a little bit. that's yeah that's really what it is. And, Kyle, you could uh, do that
1: you got a closet behind you
0: yeah I actually was funny when he was describing that I was just noticing <laughs> oh, my God yeah you, you just
1: take the door off imagine what you yeah. could have
3: Uh, yeah. and it, it really it was a functional closet for a long time and at times it's organized and you can see it does less stuff. this is just clutter. There's no strategic placement of anything. It's just <laughs> crap that I find and I just place there, and I and I get too lazy to move
0: it. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> that's what the set is. I know. How long the? You know, I'll say. How long has the empty bottle of red label been there? Uh, it's blue label. Uh, oh, it is. Oh,
3: I
1: oh, probably about a year or so.
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know Justin's probably noticing that icy title there on the lower shelf, the classic. Yeah, but it's, it's a
3: fake one though. That that's a fake plastic one. This is the big. This is a real big gold that I have here. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that, my wife got it for me for Christmas a couple years ago. But I don't know, it just it's just random stuff that I find and I just put it around. Well, I I haven't noticed the wrestling album until recently, so that's a pretty good one. The vinyl up there. You know why I had to move that because my daughter grabbed it off the shelf, so I just had to put it
1: somewhere. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. There you go. Well, my my setup is is pretty primitive compared to that, but I do have a couple, couple items behind me here that I strategically did place here tonight because we've got Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan, who we're going to be talking about later on, I think, with our WrestleMania direction. So we will get to that. But uh, yeah, before we get to all that, uh, Andrew, yeah. just to let everyone know where can you find the podcast? So anyone tuning in to Top Rope Nation can check you guys out if they haven't already. Obviously, Mad Men podcast on
3: Twitter, where everywhere podcasts are available, YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Mad Men Podcast. And then, of course, you can follow
1: me at Andrew Zarian. All right. So check them out, guys. We appreciate Andrew joining us tonight. We're going to keep him around here while we break down all the latest news in wrestling, which, guys, before we went on the air tonight, we had another big story. Me and Kyle were talking. We could do multiple podcasts a week, which maybe maybe some of our listeners would like us to do, which uh, you can you can make that happen, by the way. Patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. We've got some bonus shows over there. Uh, We'll be doing that Top Rope Nation Classics with Super Bowl 2 for Patreon supporters. But guys, the news was Roman Reigns is coming back to TV Monday night to uh, update everyone on the status of his battle with leukemia, which obviously is great news. Everyone's looking forward to that. Um, But there's another angle to look at this, and that is, do we think it is in good taste for them to be promoting this ahead of time? Do you think it is a ratings ploy? I want to throw that out to you guys for a discussion, because I did see WWE was taking some heat from some people on Twitter, you know, like why not just update us on the condition and let us know? Like why break this down days ahead of time to get us to tune into Raw? Is this just a ratings ploy? What do you think, Justin?
2: It depends on the update. If the update, you know, he's coming back very soon, like a month, then no, I don't think so. But if it's like, hey, I I'm I'm feeling good, you know, I might might be back in 6 months. Then yes, I think it's a ploy, and um, they've been doing a lot of that lately, so wouldn't be surprising. That's that's true. The, the
1: ratings were up this past week, though, which was good for the company. But I can definitely see where this uh, where the criticisms coming from, Andrew. What do you think?
3: I I I totally agree. Um, if if it's just going to be like these every so often updates where he's talking about I'm feeling better. I I think I I think it's a ratings ploy, and I'd rather have him off TV and and you know him uh, at hundred percent when he comes back. I don't think, or I hope they're not. I shouldn't say I don't think. I, I hope that they're not uh, that much in poor taste to do it as a ratings ploy. I would believe that if they have him on TV and he's going to make an announcement, they're probably going to say that he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that they were very hopeful to have him back as soon as possible. So I can't see them dragging this out. Um, uh, you know, unless he comes out and he, and he goes to say what he's going to say and then he gets attacked and now you have a WrestleMania match with Roman Reigns in it.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of take that same line of thinking. I think if he's going to be on TV, it means he's coming back relatively soon. I can't imagine them putting him out there on TV to say, I'll be back in six months. You know, Kyle, what do you think?
0: It's wrestling. They tease stuff all the time. Have they not done like Daniel Bryan addresses his status before? And yeah. no one called that a ratings boy because they like Daniel Bryan.
1: That's true. So, but, yeah, life-threatening situation possibly.
0: Well, I mean, life-threatening career. Th- I mean, it, it's wrestling. I, I don't I, I, don't know. If that, I'm with you guys. I think if they're putting him on TV, it's not going to be, Oh, you know, I'm still fighting it, but the doctors don't. I mean – I don't think that would make sense (laughs) to put on TV. So I I would assume, I don't know if he's going to like come back and be involved, um, you know, in time for WrestleMania or whatever, but I would assume it's going to be something positive.
1: Yeah. I agree. Well, hey, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great to see him on TV. I mean, he's been not necessarily in the public eye, but he's made a few public appearances and And he's he's, always looked pretty good. So
0: he's going to be on. What is that show? Good Morning America. On Tuesday morning, they said they just announced like in the last hour.
1: Oh, I didn't even see the that. Day, the day after um, that, so,
0: so so that makes it me think that it is something big. So, yeah, yeah. Good Morning America in the ratings ploy business. Of
1: course,
0: <laughs> you know it's amazing.
3: I I didn't even consider it to be a ploy until you said it right, and I think. What, and this says a lot about professional wrestling and social media with professional wrestling. I don't think a lot of these things are are in our minds or engraved in our minds as you know as as WWE the WWE do, is doing ratings. But I think what happens is it kind of spirals from a couple of tweets and then people piling on, and then all of a sudden that's the narrative that it's a ratings ploy. Um, you know, the, he's a guy under contract. He was their biggest star that they've created over the last you know this generation of wrestling. Um, they're giving an update. He's coming on. Yeah. I'm sure he's coming out to say he's doing better and he's okay. But I didn't look at it as a ratings boy.
0: Great take from Queens. Yeah, <laughs>
3: but
1: There's not too many of them from yeah. Queens. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, that's actually a good point. Because I, I think when I first heard the news, I wasn't really thinking of it along oh. those lines either. And I was then, like, cool. Like I was like, man, good. This must mean the man's doing well. I can't remember who it was. I'm scrolling my Twitter feed right now trying to find it. But it was... It was like a fairly big name, either reporter or someone in the business that had. Uh, uh, who was it? I I can't find it, but it was someone that put it out there, like someone respected in the industry. And I was, I hadn't thought of it that way, but uh, no, I think I think he's he's almost I don't want to say certainly, but I yeah I can't imagine them putting him on TV unless it's good news. So I mean, it's gonna be great to have the guy back. I think we've all missed him. The product certainly missed him. Raw for a long time has been really mm. trending downhill. So.
0: And nobody wants to say that, you, you
1: know, Roman. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not. It wasn't like a direct. Eh, you could say it was a pretty direct correlation. I mean, man, those like first six or eight weeks after he was off TV, whew, Raw was hits. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It also. It also changed the entire. I mean, right now, you know, I, I'm sure we're going to go into some of the WrestleMania stuff, but they don't have a complete card for the. And this is the first time that this has happened in in many many years that we're in February. Almost March, and they don't have a complete card for WrestleMania. So, uh, Roman Reigns being taken out of the picture has really affected multiple things. I mean, it, it's kind of trickled uh, down to uh, almost every every portion of this this WrestleMania this year.
1: Yeah, and you want to talk brave these Raw shows? I think uh, Matt Men, aren't you guys doing like a live watch along with Raw this week? We are. I don't know why, because
3: <laughs> I, I I hate myself many nights of of watching it uh yeah we're gonna do a live watch along uh we have um conrad coming on the show at seven o'clock on monday so we're gonna just gonna hang out and do the show and then afterwards i'm gonna do a live watch along on ron hopefully it's on a um not on a not on a decline at this point so uh it'll be an easy watch for three well, hours
0: i was gonna say it's actually gonna. i mean with the roman announcement and you know we'll get into it later that rick flair birthday celebration which i think everyone with Half a brain knows it's going to turn to a big angle with Becky Lynch. It actually, you know, has the potential, at least, with those two angles to be one of the better Raws in a while.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Better than last week.
1: That's for sure. Justin has some thoughts on on this week's show, which we're going to get into here in just a minute. Um, first guys, let's get to Kofi Mania. This is the this is definitely the story right now in the wrestling world. If you're watching on YouTube, that is the graphic for this week's show. Kofi Kingston possible WWE champion. So some of you, maybe that's what you're tuning in to hear the discussion on. So talk about a turnaround in a couple of weeks. You know, you've got the Mustafa Ali injury. You got Kofi Kingston in the gauntlet match. Impresses everyone. Kind of harken back to Seth Rollins last year when he was out there on Raw in that that gauntlet match. Impressing everybody. And then you got Kofi at Elimination Chamber. where I, I mean, I honestly thought there was a decent chance he could win the WWE title that night. I think there's an argument you can make that he should win the WWE title. Um, now we know he's going to be challenging at Fastlane. He, to me, this is very similar to like what Becky Lynch went through last summer. I mean, this guy has caught fire. And the question is, do you put the title on him and maybe shake up what you have planned for WrestleMania? I, I talked a second ago. The, the recent reports were that Kevin Owens, this guy right here, and Daniel Bryan are going to be the title match at WrestleMania. But and, and according to Dave
0: Meltzer, that's, I believe, a junk food on a pole match, according <clears> to
1: <throat> (laughs) so i mean like yeah you could shake up the wrestlemania card do you go with the hot hand you got kofi catching fire it's i see a good argument for doing it uh it'll get people talking but is it the right move when they've put this long-term story into daniel Bryan? uh what do you think Justin? let me throw it to you because we haven't heard from you in a little bit here
2: well uh, i think you can put the title on them and keep whatever plans you have for wrestlemania because frankly i don't i don't know if any everybody's aching for a uh Kofi Kingston championship reign, they're, they're wanting a Kofi Kingston championship win. So you have them win the title at Fastlane, uh, lose it, you know, at SmackDown a week after or two, uh, maybe use that to have a New Day feud with whoever costs him the title, um, and then go forward with there. And you have the potential of maybe building uh, another Daniel Bryan because, you know, they put the title on him at SummerSlam He immediately lost it to to Randy Orton in the Money in the Bank, and the crowd wasn't happy about it. They wanted a long Daniel Bryan title reign, and maybe you can get that same thing going with Kofi Kingston. Okay,
1: that's a good take. Kyle?
0: The question of should Kofi win cannot be answered without weighing what they actually do have planned for WrestleMania, which we don't know. You know, you talked about the Owens rumor. I've heard rumblings that Bray Wyatt could be the new guy brought back in that spot as well so you know you kind of have to weigh the notion of you know if Kofi wins the title um it just doubling back to what Justin said I I don't if Kofi wins the title like he's going into mania as the champion I think like there there wasn't it had they you know I saw some people actually saying oh they should have audible an elimination chamber but that you know like the old saying goes is easier tweeted than done. To call him audible in the middle of the match, you know Vince mm-hmm. is sitting there, and be like, "Wow, this guy's real hot." Let's fuck it, pal. Let's just switch our plans right here. That's tough to do. You could have maybe switched it then, like last week on SmackDown, and then done, you know, gone back to Brian on Fastlane if you still want to do your WrestleMania plan. But to me, I, I don't. I think if Kofi wins it, if Fastlane, he's going to Mania's champion. You're probably doing a Kofi Brian rematch. Um, I do agree with Justin that I don't think anyone. Um, even if Kofi does win, people are not expecting a long run from him. Um, And I don't think it would hurt him that much to just lose it back to Brian, provided they do something like, you know, just was with a, someone costing the title, whether it's a member of the New Day, I've heard that. Mustafa Ali, who's kind of got, you know, like a spiteful Mustafa Ali. I know he kind of makes for a great baby face, but um, I think there's a story there.
1: That, oh, yeah, he took that, a spot. That,
0: yeah, that Ali could cost Kofi, and he would join with, the, you know, Daniel Bryan's the guy who stumped basically get Ali on SmackDown. Now, not a lot of people know that, but you can turn it to Ali's a, a Daniel Bryan ally then. So, um, but to go back to my original point, you really can't answer the question of should Kofi win without us knowing what the mania plan is. To me, I hear these names, Kevin Owens, Ray Wyatt. Is there any guarantee that coming in, they're going to be as hot as Kofi is right now? No way, uh I don't know if no way, but i I, I think it's certainly debatable at best and uh, first of all, it's very interesting w w e would bring back a guy new and just put him right in the title picture, which is almost a self admission that they're t you know the longer you're on t v mm-hmm. the less you're over,
1: yeah i mean i I love Kevin Owens as a performer, I like bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt too, but <sighs> I can't see them getting the momentum that Kofi has right now. Yeah. I don't, no chance. So, so, so
0: I'll throw, we'll throw it to Andrew because I've babbled long enough. But my answer, personally, Kofi wins at fast lane and then loses the title back to Brian. Somebody costs him, you know, whether it's Biggie, Xavier Woods, Gustav Hawley, whomever, Ed Mania.
1: Yeah. Andrew.
3: Uh, first of all, uh, very well said. I, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you said. I I, I think the Kofi thing is interesting because from what I've been told, uh, there was never any plan for Kofi to win the title. And there still really isn't a plan for Kofi to win the title. With that said, he also wasn't in the plans to be headlining the pay-per-view next couple of weeks. So everything is shifting. I see this as a great way to bring heat to someone like Big E to turn on Kofi and have that as the setup and incorporate the new day in some weird, you know, uh Xavier's in the middle of this crazy thing and it's Kofi and Biggie feuding. I can see them doing that. I, I'm just more concerned, uh actually very concerned about what they're gonna do with Kevin Owens because I I don't know how I feel about this dopey dad gimmick that he's doing. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's necessary for him. You know, we've been we've been told that this is a badass guy for many many years i mean he was his his gimmick was kill sting, kill he came over he he's uh, always been an aggressive tough guy and now he's a loving dad that's being taken advantage of by his kid robbing him of, of the money he gave him for popcorn you know <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know how and again <laughs> is that a is that a world title match at wrestlemania are we going to be invested in this we saw what happened a couple years ago with uh with rainy orton and bray It was was a kiss of death. Nobody cared about the match. It really was in a a terrible position for that title match. So I'm afraid uh, that we may fall under that with a Kevin Owens. Uh, Kofi right now is hot. I don't see him winning the title. If he does win the title, it'll be probably a quick, uh, you know, one week or whatever transition. He has a title and then he drops it back to Daniel Bryan and then you build the program there. I'm very curious to see how they play this out because they've kind of booked themselves into a corner.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with pretty much all of you there, too. I I like the angle with Big E, and I can see that happening. Uh, Me personally, I would put the title on Kofi just because, like you've all hinted at, there's not a real great direction they could go at that the crowd's going to be into outside of that, I don't don't think right now. Um, And I like the idea of putting the title on Kofi and using that to get heat on the New Day breakup. I mean, listen, the New Day has been one of the top tag teams in the company for years now. And we've all known eventually a breakup's coming. How are they going to do it? What better way to do it than have Big E cost Kofi the title at WrestleMania? I think I think it would be a short title run. I'd like to see Kofi carried into Mania if he won it. I don't want to see like a one-week title reign. I, I'm a traditionalist. I hate that. I think it cheapens the title a little bit. But I, I would like to see it used to advance the story. I think that's great with the New Day. And I even was kind of feeling when I was watching SmackDown on Tuesday night that I could, I just like feel the seeds of the like resentment building between like Biggie. They kind of did tease that. Yeah, like I, I could just feel it. It wasn't major, but I felt like there was a little something there. It where like Kofi the- was over the top about like his momentum and the crowd getting behind him and stuff. You could see them playing that possibly into like a jealousy angle. Huh?
0: Well, it, it,
1: you also, the biggest question, do we
0: want to see that? Like, are we looking for it? A couple things, you know, with the Owens character, um, you know, soda and popcorn, there probably was no change from $20. true, most
1: <laughs> really likely, you know
0: yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, you know me, I've stumped for Kevin Owens to be a baby face for like over a year. Yeah. Like, I think the t- the time's right. I, th- I think he is kind of an everyman character. That being said, I think the way they're going about it is maybe a little too comedic. Mm-hmm. But we shall say, I mean, it's, they're vignettes, it's it's, it's no big deal. But um, I prefer Kofi and the the whole thing is that everyone is under the impression that it's going to be someone brought back that's not on TV to to challenge Brian was the working plan. Is that guy then going to win the title? Because I don't like, to me, I don't really like the notion of them bringing someone back and then he just loses them. What does that guy do? Like if you bring a baby face back and he doesn't win the title, like he's just gonna sort of gradually slide down the card. To me, do the Kofi switch back to Brian, and then you bring these other guys in and you got some fresh challengers for Brian post mania. And with the New Day breakup, they better be careful and have this thought out beyond just the term. Because wrestling fans today, I don't think value overacts enough. And the new day has been over for a really long time, and that's really hard to do. And we've seen with the Shield where the breakup twice did not work. And they better have long term ideas like, okay, Big E's going to turn on Kofi. They're going to, well, what's the end point of that feud, and what's that can be used to do? But they need to think that out because if they're just, th- if they just wind up in a year being three guys in the mid card, then what the fuck did you break the team up for?
2: Yeah.
3: Also, what, one other thing I wanted to uh, mention. Uh, I was about a week ago, I was sold at WWE through their merch uh, department that they're going to have those Daniel Bryan title belts for sale at WrestleMania. Okay. So I don't see him not having that title going into it because they're going to want to sell a ton of those because that
1: inventory needs to move
3: <laughs> whatever they're supplying at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah.
1: Justin joint. How fast will you buy that replica belt?
2: Uh, I, I will refuse to because that's you know it's totally against <laughs> what it stands for. It's
1: against the it's consumerism. Daniel would hate that. By the way, speaking of merch, I got to throw this also to Justin, my fellow WWE merchandise nerd. Did you order one of those New Day TLC
2: shirts the other day? No, I haven't. But that's a fantastic shirt. Oh man,
1: it they uh, Kofi tweeted out the link. It was on like Footlocker was the only place you could buy it, and I I clicked on it. Pretty quickly, and it was almost all sold out. When I, I I could not get a size large, they were already sold out. So I think I think everything but a small has now sold out. So tremendous T-shirt for the new day, I I gotta say. But uh, um, I wanted to parlay this into a discussion about the NXT call ups because we're talking a little bit here about character work and what makes sense. And uh, you know, Kevin Owens being a face, do we like that? Justin in our uh, text thread earlier today got a little hot. I got to say about what he's seen on Monday night raw lately. And I think there's definitely something to be said about NXT specifically with the, the DIY characters and what they did there with Gargano and Champa. But uh, Justin, I want you to go into your thoughts on Dean Ambrose and what they've been doing with Dean Ambrose and just in general, what you've thought about the uh, WWE's booking of the characters lately.
2: It, it's all, I mean, it's desperation. It's lack of any kind of vision. Um, what happened three weeks ago does not matter at all as to what happens you know on the next raw Uh, you know you talk about dean who after he turned said that you know to build that heel heat which i was totally fine with uh you know that roman deserved to get leukemia because of all the stuff the shield had done and stuff you know you know trying to get some major heel heat and this week he's goofy dean again you know like asking Seth why he wasn't out there to help him after, you know, the post-match beatdown and whatnot. So you look at this past year from last year's uh, road to WrestleMania, and I don't know if we've ever seen this much turnaround as far as baby face to heel, heel to baby face. And some of it, you know, happened twice. Like you look at Braun and Dean and Elias, maybe Gargano and an argument could be made from Rusev where, you know, they've gone from one to the other and back again. And then you have other turns of Nakamura, Miz, Brian, Bray, Lashley, Charlotte, Naya, Randy, uh, Aiden English, if you want to throw them in there. Um, it, it, it just, I, I don't know how we're supposed to really latch on to any of this stuff when they don't really seem to care about telling a story. It's just, you know, you, they'll come back and say, it's like, there, there are no, villains and heroes anymore. It's all just gray area. And you know, that might not be interesting. We might need to go back to the old way. Well, oh, and in in your own words, they
1: turned Dean Ambrose into our truth this week.
2: Yeah, he's white our truth now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: to, to be so with Dean Ambrose, like I I um on a macro level, I do completely agree with what Justin just said. Uh, with Dean Ambrose, the, the whole thing is the whole him you know announcing that he's not residing kind of changed his dynamic. And he's just sort of now, I, I think they're operating under, well, a large portion of the audience knows he's out of here. He's got one foot out the door. So, hey, it's wacky Dean, that heel turn, which I thought bombed badly, um, is kind of over. And, you know, screw it, you know, because like people are kind of like, we're, the the week after that announcement, that news broke, you started to kind of get this sympathetic reaction from the live audience. And I think that the WWE is like, all right, well, you know, it was kind of make up a comedy thing or whatever. So, you know, instead of a pariah, when people are like chanting AEW during his matches, they certainly don't want that. But um, that Elias, that abrupt baby face turn, and now he's back and healed, that, that was poor because I think we all agree that Elias did have a future as a face, but they kind of just turned him face at the wrong time and and he went back. So that's something that's off the books. And they're just kind of like off the books now, him being a face. And then, you know, Lashley and Leo Rush, I thought them teaming the night with after Lashley kicked his ass with no storyline explanation whatsoever why they were back together was pretty bad.
1: Oh yeah, no, yeah, that was. It's just been a really bizarre week for, for characters,
0: <laughs> it, especially when I completely disagree with the notion of them breaking up. Yeah, I like that. Maybe I'm the only person on the planet.
1: No, I like it too because I, I think, I think it covers it a for great job. Yeah, it covers for Lashley's biggest weakness. Yes. It feels great. So. No, yeah, I think just everything's kind of in a flux right now. I'm going to kick this over to Andrew here in a second because this kind of goes along with what he was saying with they've never been at a point in company history where they didn't know for the most part what they were doing in a lot of the WrestleMania matches at this point, and Vince is almost kind of in a panic mode lately with you know the ratings were going down he's trying to to pinpoint what's been happening there then you get these nxt call-ups this week out of nowhere which triple h supposedly wasn't even aware that that was I happening no, i don't know that i don't no, know that's a, according to Meltzer. anyway i want to throw that out there but you got four of the top guys from nxt they just show up on raw we're gonna get into into their crowd reaction and everything but um I'm just gonna just in general ask you, Andrew. What did you think of the NXT call-ups? Like, what was your excitement level watching that on Monday and then into Tuesday? Just general, what are your thoughts? So I did not watch it on Monday.
3: I went out with my wife, and we we did. My father was watching the kids, and we took an extended lunch, and we were really trashed and passed out by eight (laughs) o'clock. So I didn't watch Raw, but I I I I, and I also I saw obviously I I was looking on my phone. Yeah, it was a great night. It was a phenomenal night for everybody. I didn't watch Raw. I missed that that terrible crowd until Tuesday morning. Uh, Can we never go back to Lafayette ever again? Oh, my God. Uh, Holy
1: crap.
3: You know what, though? It says something, right? Because if you really think about this, about 75% to 80% of the Raw viewership is retained by SmackDown. How much of that is retained by NXT? Because... Even yeah. I know that it was a very it was a much smaller crowd, one of the smallest in, in many, many years. The people had no idea or, or cared who Ricochet was, who Alistair Black was, who DIY was. They really I, I don't think it was a, a boredom. I, I think they just didn't care about anything. Um, I, I don't think we should hold this against them in any way. I I think it was just a terrible crowd. You know, first of all, everybody screams about the attitude era. Everybody screams about, uh, you know, the good days about wrestling. DX goes into hall of fame, not one peep from that audience. So I don't know what kind, they weren't an old school crowd. They weren't a new crowd. I have no idea what they were. I think they were just sleeping in, in Lafayette. Uh, I, on SmackDown, they got a little bit of better reaction, obviously, but listen, this is a big uh, acquisition for the main roster. You have to, four of the top guys on the NXT brand, guys that are so over. Uh, you know, we've we we ha- we've had over a year long story, a year and a half long story with two of those guys. And uh, now they're a tag team and they're baby faces and they're on Raw and they're just doing tag team matches. I, I'm hoping they don't make the same mistake they made with the previous crop that came over because where the hell is EC3? Mm hmm. You know, uh, I, they took a guy that could have been, uh, I mean, they really could have done something cool with him considering he was TNA champion. He's Dixie Carter's. They're still continuing that by the way, it's Dixie Carter's nephew. That's still kayfabe within WWE. uh, If you, if you look at their Twitter, Uh, so they, they have these guys that they they could have done something with and they just, he was just flexing in a mirror and coming out and he beat Dean Ambrose and he took off. I, I, I'm glad that they realize the mistakes that they've done with previous talent on the roster. I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel if they're going to be doing the right moves with these four, because these are four guys that are very special and you could build, you know, major programs with if you do it right. I'm just hoping that they do it right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You hit on a lot of topics we've talked about on this show before, because especially with like the NXT viewership, because we've talked here on before on the show before about how, if you look at the worldwide subscriptions, of the WWE network, I think I haven't looked in a, in a few months, but it's usually like around 1.8 million, I want to say, you know, and that's worldwide. So, and then if you divide that out to the United States and then how many of them are watching NXT and you compare that in a ratio to how many people watch Raw and Smackdown, yeah, it's far less than 50% of that audience even watches NXT. And we've talked before about how it seems like they just assume that their viewers know who these people are. And they never. that's one of the biggest problems with their NXT call-ups is they don't introduce them properly, and they assume people know who they are, and they don't. And on Monday night, you had Michael Cole with the like most bland <laughs> cue card introductions of these guys that he read on the air. Now it's like, a good Monday. No, and like no. you're talking about Lafayette, uh, Louisiana. I think there's like 4,700 people there or something. They had no idea. It was it went over awful. They get to New Orleans, and even that crowd wasn't that big. I want to say it's like 7,000, I think oh, yeah. I read in the Observer, um, which compared to what the Smoothie King Center seats, I mean, it's not, not great. I also heard that they were doing like a crazy uh, ticket promotion for SmackDown to try to fill it up. It was like buy one, get three tickets free or something like that. So you probably didn't have the most dedicated crowd there either. Although I did think the SmackDown introductions were a lot better because they had video packages ready. You know, they, they felt that criticism. They made video packages. Those are pretty well done. I thought of the four, and I'm going to throw this to Justin. I thought Ricochet came off as the biggest star by far. What did you think, Justin?
2: Uh, I mean, I think an argument could be made for Aleister Black, too. On on um,
1: SmackDown, they they loved Aleister Black. On Raw, he was got dead silence. I thought, but I agree. Yeah. SmackDown, he came off pretty big.
2: It was just like, it was just so weird. Like those initial uh, promo pictures for all of them. You have Tommaso Ciampa, who, who's been doing some of the best heel work, you know, ever in the last year, and he's just got this stupid grin on his face on the pitcher. You know, same with Gargano. It's just, I don't, it, I don't know. It's just so weird.
1: No continuity with what was going on on NXT. <laughs> you know? well,
0: well, have you guys seen the the taping spoilers?
1: Yeah, no, they, I have not
0: Okay, because they've kind of fit, all right. Do you want? I mean, should I? You don't want to hear NXT
1: spoilers. Fast forward right now. Yes. Okay, about five minutes.
0: So they did. They did an angle where they did the Dusty Classic last night. They taped it apparently last night. You know, according to the regulars, was one of the best tapings they've done in a long time. But you know, Gargano and Ciampa got eliminated. I believe it was the semifinals. They were walking to the back. Uh, Gargano was kind of hurt, and Champa went to like turn. On. They were DIY was a team in the in the Dusty Classic. Champa went to turn on, but Gargano was waiting for him, playing possum, and he reprised throwing Champa into the uh, into the the big screen. Okay. So they, so they are not like, and it looks like you know the the big the main event for takeover in. At WrestleMania weekend, will be and Gargano for the title.
3: Yeah. And what do you
0: do after that with them on the main roster? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I think that's a great question, Andrew, because you know there was a lot of hand wringing about what the hell they're they're, they're a baby face team on the main roster. They've been doing all this feuding. Although on NXT TV, if you've been watching, they had been building to them as a team. Now we all expected it was like Gargano was a ruse. I think Justin was like was like the first one who brought this up months ago that it was Gargano was going to ruse him into being. Oh yeah i want to be your partner and you would go back babyface um the interesting thing with diy as a babyface team on the main roster kind of just showing up on our words i think them as a babyface team is their best way of getting over on the main roster i am like completely out of it that like more so than them being singles and doing separate ways that was a babyface team is the way to go initially with them. Yeah, so, and,
3: and and by the way, you you now recreate the entire program that two year program that they had in NXT on the main roster. Give them you know six months or or eight months or a year as a as a top babyface tag team, and then do the split all over again and tell the story all over again about how they were best friends and they feuded and they got back together. Do it again. See, I
0: I have not been as high on. Everything they've done post-New Orleans last year, as a lot of other people, um, I, I, I just, I really, I liked Johnny Gargano a lot coming out of that mania when he beat Ciampa. I thought the feud easily could have ended there, and I think everything else had been diminishing returns. I had wished in NXT that the feud had ended far earlier than it did, and then they, when they they did do a DIY reunion, you know, it was kind of his heels, even though Gargano was just thinking about it. When they did, the, they should have reunited as babyfaces initially. The feud should have ended, and then Ciampa should have re- realized the error of his ways, and they should have been a babyface team, and then boom, you're ready for the main roster. That's just me. Maybe I'm full of it. But, um, you know, something that no one's talked about with why these guys were called up this week.
1: That um, was my next where, question. Okay. Why, why this week? Because I know you have thoughts on this. Who wasn't on the TV this week?
2: Dolph Ziggler.
0: <laughs> that is accurate. Yes, that was accurate. Why the show is probably funnier, too. But um, why or who wasn't on the show this week?
1: Either show. Either show? Yes. Um, Vince? This is a
0: sad state of affairs for <laughs> WWE. <laughs> Becky Lynch was not on the TV. Oh, okay. Yeah. At all this week. So you basically took your hottest act off television. Okay, going into, you know, kind of WrestleMania season. Brock Lesnar, as always, persona non grata. Seth Rollins, injured. Okay, you had SmackDown had the Kofi stuff, which was good. But you didn't have anything for WWE TV this week. Now, I'll, I'll d- go back to what I said last week. You know, did WWE have the discipline to take Becky off TV this week to make what presumably is going to happen on Monday meet a little bit more? The answer was yes, and I think that's good for the long term. But unfortunately for this week what the hell were they going to do so i can see how vince maybe panicked a little bit and said, Fuck, we have five hours of television to fill. what the hell are we going to do mm-hmm. and he just was like ah let's bring up the best nxt guys now as far as why raw kind of stunk and smackdown was better it's easy to pinpoint the crowd you know i, I did not watch the show either our, our friend derek i did not watch the show live our friend derek dm'd me he's like oh i can't wait to hear your thoughts about this crowd My response was, well, it just shows how little people watch NXT. And it's like, no, man, they were dead for everything. So, yeah, the crowd was bad. But isn't SmackDown being better than Raw just a usual week at the office? I mean, you hear all these rumors that Raw was put together last second. I just think that it boils down to the Raw writing team. You hear the rumblings that they can't put a show together without Vince holding their hand. Yeah, we're uh, I, never hear that.
3: <laughs> I'll just I'll give you a little input. I have a friend on the writing team. Uh, I'm not going to say which brand because it'll it'll they could by the process of elimination. Someone could figure it out. But uh, you use the term this panic. Uh, he said chaotic. That was the word that he described to me about a month ago. It's chaotic writing for this company.
1: Hmm. that's funny because the stories you're hearing lately sounds like something out of the the dying days not even the dying days even the height of wcw where uh everything was being rewritten right up until showtime and supposedly that's what's been happening with vince a couple hours before showtime they're rewriting everything there's a panic going on why this week with the nxt guys i think that's a worthy discussion i liked uh, a lot of kyle's thoughts there uh, there's also a report out there, I think Meltzer had this in the Observer this week, that uh, WWE has really been analyzing the quarter hour ratings a lot. I hadn't done that in a long time. And uh, if you look at what happened on Raw's ratings, you mentioned Becky not being on the show. A lot of people tuned in during that first hour and then tuned out. And and uh, Meltzer was attributing that to Becky Lynch not being on the show. Well,
0: did, do you guys listen to the Jim Cornette experience at all? No, I didn't. Okay, well, you should listen to this past one. Cause he watched raw and he gives his thoughts on it. And he really comes at it from a production perspective. Like, a, cause he's obviously produced raw for, you know, he, he helped put that show together for so many years and his points are really good and unique. And that he was like, you know, of course that crowd was dead. What the hell were they given? The, the big announcement at the sh- start of the show was here's four guys debuting that half of you don't, less than half of you, you know, who they are. And then like, if you're just Joe blow WWE fan, what was there to look forward to on that show? I mean, had Ronda main event it, but it was against someone who she'd beaten in 90 seconds the previous night.
1: <laughs> Didn't make yeah. much sense either. Yeah.
0: And there was just nothing on that show to even look forward to. So, of course, you know, I mean, they show the pictures ever on their cell phone. I mean, you know, unless if you're a DIY revival completist, I mean, what exactly exciting was there on that show for the crowd to get fired up about? I, I agree with Justin that it was a bad sign that no one reacted to the DX announcement. Yeah, it yeah. was terrible. Yeah.
3: Uh part of the other thing you you mentioned that how they're monitoring the quarter hours and there's a lot of interesting information. They're also looking at the demos for the quarter hour, right? Uh something that has been a a uh, a conundrum to the company is that the female audience is significantly dropping during the women's segments. During the Charlotte and Becky segment, during the Rhonda segments, the 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 key female audience is dropping about fifteen to twenty percent on on some moments. You know that main event uh, that we saw it was that tag match uh, a couple of weeks ago, right? Uh, it was that Ronda Rousey tag match where we had a seven hundred thousand person drop in the third hour. Uh, that quarter hour did terrible, and that key demo that they 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 are trying to gain is that female audience. It disappeared. They and there was. Something interesting that was told to me, and and that was that a lot of that audience came from the Bellas and from Total Divas. And now that neither one are doing well, performing well, and the Bellas are no longer on Total Divas, uh, those people have left. I think I honestly, this is going to sound so crazy. I think a lot of those people were younger when they came in and they were there for the Bellas and they were very interested in the John Cena, Nikki Bella thing. And now that Nikki Bell is not on TV and Brie Bell is not on TV and they're not on that show, they they don't care anymore. Um, one word that was given to me is that they don't like the aggressiveness of Ronda Rousey, which I, I'm baffled by. You know, the fact that you have one of the key, uh, regardless if you like her personally or not, she is probably an instrumental female athlete of this generation, really. She, she broke out in MMA. She, she came over to wrestling. She's been a major draw for them as far as merchandise and attendance goes as an attraction. But the fact that your female audience for your top female star is turning off the TV, uh, that's a little concerning, concerning. And some of that is also affecting Becky Lynch. So i they're trying to figure out why this is happening to to any level. Uh, they're baffled by this.
1: Mm-hmm. I can I can see the total Bellas effect because, you uh, you know, speaking for my wife, who's I've never really been able to get into pro wrestling, but when she was watching Total Bellas and Total Divas more than she is now, she was a lot more interested in what was going on and I could get her to watch the shows a little bit. And it's been a long time since she's watched the shows with me. So I mean that's a that's a, a small example of that. Justin, I know your wife, you had kind of gotten into pro wrestling. She still watch it much at all?
2: No, not really. I, I think all she really liked was uh the Bellas and Finn's abs. <laughs>
3: Who doesn't like Finn's abs? (laughs) No, but I I think this is interesting And the monitoring of the quarter hour. You know, they stopped doing this a while ago. They've always somewhat looked at those numbers. They don't release it publicly. Uh, Vince has always looked at quarter hours. Uh, The fact that the quarter hour is it's that they're focusing in on it is going to say a lot about who's getting a push and who's not. And people in positions that you would not normally imagine should be in those positions. Uh, that you're going to start seeing them being elevated a little bit more. I'm kind of glad they're looking at those numbers to kind of dictate, you know, who's, inter- who they're interested in, who's not. Uh, but the female number uh, demo was was astounding to me, and I don't know, you know, there was less women's wrestling this week. If you notice that, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. The last there were a bl- lot two weeks ago. There was like four four mat- women's matches. I think the
3: the first hour on both SmackDown and Raw was about 30 minutes to uh to women's wrestling and there was a major sh- drop in that number. Listen, I'm a fan of female wrestling. Don't don't get me wrong and I, and I really love what they're doing with Becky Lynch, but I, I think maybe too much emphasis on certain things. Uh too much back to back is not necessarily a good thing. I don't want to see the same segment two weeks in a row or 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 two shows in a row. So maybe you know move it to the second hour. You know, there was like they had a great structure for many many years. And people crapped all over, but it worked. Opening fifteen minute promo goes into a match. The ten o'clock hour goes into a, a promo that builds the main event, and you stay for the main event. What are they building for the main event on Raw? No, they're it
1: really seems not. No, it seems like the since ever they went to the the three hour shows, it it's often felt like they're giving up on the third hour. But they put they put the key stuff in the first two hours, and then they figure. Especially on the East Coast, you know, where you and Kyle are, a lot of people go to bed by that three hours, especially kids. You know, it's a school night. Kyle?
0: I was going to say, um, SmackDown, you know, when you look at SmackDown maybe being consistently almost every week better than Raw, they have that such an advantage with the show being two hours. I mean, yeah, it's better, but it really feels like SmackDown goes so much quicker. Raw is just like, God, you, you sometimes you look at the clock and you're like, holy shit, it's still, still halfway halfway. go. No. <laughs>
1: You know, that's um, why I'm talking uh, Rich and Andrew doing the live watch along. I'm going to be looking to see who yeah. passes out first Monday night. I don't something know. Something <laughs>
0: else, too. I, I thought of you, Ryan, as I often do during the week, one of the fine educators in this Ooh, country. I didn't know uh, where that was going to go. Okay. But, uh, you know, you were really adamant about something, geez, 10 months ago. And maybe is this a big reason why SmackDown's better? The draft. Remember that last draft. I, I remember. You know, there you weren't the only one, but you were really adamant that SmackDown quote unquote won that draft when they did the shake up. Mm-hmm. Remember? Well, you're like, my God, look at who SmackDown got. What, who the big additions? Were. You're like, SmackDown just looks to be a much better show. Are we starting to also see the fruition of that? Yeah. You know, because people, no, no one wants to review things that go back that far, but you know that stuff matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Check it out in our archives, com. There you go. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I do remember that. It's true. So I guess that's the long-term story playing out in front of us.
0: And, and, and one more thing with NXT. Even if it wasn't a, like a world beater, although well, ratings were up this week, we'll, we'll see about next week and, and how they continue to promote those guys. I actually think, building off what Andrew said, um, this was probably the best batch of debuts they've had from NXT in, A long time, if not ever, because they usually just bungle the guys and just throw them out there with nothing, and they don't look like main eventers. But but this, I thought was actually, you know, maybe it's faint praise, but I I thought the best stuff. But long view, it's also a way that they don't promote NXT enough on the main shows. And you know, if this if this last week gets more people invested and watching NXT, then that's a win, and that honestly may be the biggest win of all that you can do from what they did this week.
1: No, yeah, I think. NXT too, long term, I think they're fine even with these call-ups. I mean, to use a a phrase that Kyle used earlier in the show, juice to the gills. That NXT roster right now is juice to the gills. Man, so many guys. I'm actually glad that these guys you know, it was
0: kind of crazy. I was just hey, guess what guys, your main roster. But if you look at guys like Aleister Black, Ricochet, they lost titles. There was nothing really left for them to do in NXT. NXT is totally backlogged and in terms of talent. So, you know, this is going to give, you know, guys like Matt Riddle a chance to step up. I think, uh, you know, Undisputed Era is going to be a main event act moving forward. Uh, you know, Keith Lee. Lee. Yeah, Velveteen Dream. Yeah, Keith Lee was like, I was shocked by how little of a push he'd been receiving. Yeah. Um, so he's going to get a chance to step up. You know, him and Dijak, I guess, tore the house down at last night's tapings. Um, you know, Velveteen Dream, big part. So, yeah, I, I think, you know. Just because they screwed up other guys doesn't mean they can, they're necessarily going to screw up this new match.
3: So, they're yeah. also going to need to bring in a guy like Pete Dunne. You know, what, what, you got to look at that NXT UK roster and say, my God, the talent that they have there, but what are they doing with them and, and what kind of exposure are they getting? Uh, you know, the whole response was for wrestling to be on in the UK, and really they're not on in the UK now. Uh, they don't have competition in the UK. I think it's time to start sad bringing those guys in. You know, uh, Pete Dunne has been there for how long? I think once he drops that title to Walter, bring him over to the NXT roster and have him fight for the, you know, for the NXT championship. Uh, The the guy is unbelievably talented.
0: Mm -hmm. I, I, I just wish they would interchange. I've said this a million times and I'll say it a million and one. I just wish with, you know, they have these four shows that instead of Vince coming out once a year and saying, it's time to shake things up, that, I would have more of that organic movement between all these brands they have. And you know, all these guys who are upset about that they don't get enough TV times, you know, the mojos of the world and whatnot. And maybe we'll talk about Ty Dillinger who could be on his way out the door anyway. But like, you know, to me, it's like, oh, you think you're big time, you know, are you interested in moving to the UK? And we'll put you on that show where we, you know, there's there's more of a spot and you'll come across as more of a star.
1: Yeah. Speaking of the NXT call ups, I, I was just thinking a second ago, I want to throw this out there. I'm going to throw it to all of you. If you could fast forward uh, like to August, all right. So, six months from now, SummerSlam time. Of these four NXT call ups, who do you think is going to be the biggest star at that point in the main roster? Who's going to be having the most success? I'm going to go Justin first.
2: Alistair Black.
1: Alistair Black. Andrew. I would say Ricochet. Okay. Kyle. Black is the
0: most main roster ready, but Ricochet absolutely could. If, if book correctly, the, the interesting with Ricochet is we all love you know we all love him, but what would he, what happens when he starts working with non-amenable opponents? You know, everyone's like, whoa, fuck those guys. You, yeah. but everyone can't wrestle his style of match, so that's what's going to be interesting. You know, do they play to his strengths, which they're not strong doing with anybody and put him in there with those amenable type opponents or you know will we'll maybe kind of the bloom come off the road so to speak if he's working with you know guys who really can't necessarily work his style i'll yeah. say Mister black just because i think in terms of presentation i, I all i thought he's been main roster; should have been on the main roster a year ago quite frankly mm-hmm. a,
2: you know i i found it really jarring seeing uh, diy next to the bar how much bigger the bar oh, was I compared to I thought that too. I thought that too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: and, and there's a chance that Gargano. I mean, if that's a title match at Takeover, there's a chance that like Gargano, you know, may not be if he's the NXT champion coming out of the show. Maybe he isn't on the main roster after all.
1: It's, it's, according to Meltzer, there those four are all working. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT through main. Well, I'll tell you what, I read Stuff.
0: the I, I read the Observer this week. It, it, it was more like the guesser, I think. The Observer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy God in heaven. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like some Coke addict just fantasy book. They're going to it in the night.
3: So
1: I think called,
0: Dave's yeah. hand
1: injury, finger yeah. injury has. I mean, kind I, know, of...
0: I mean, I know we've all been there, but I mean, for God's sake, Dave.
1: <laughs> pain meds going to his head. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to go with Ricochet, too. I'm Longtime listeners, I've been really high in Ricochet since. Actually, when we first started this podcast, I saw Ricochet here in town at the, uh, Tragos Thez Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame show. And I was trying to get him, him
0: across the street. What's that? Did you see him across the I street? I did oh, not okay. frequent that establishment okay. that night,
1: but I did see Ricochet and, uh, yeah, he wrestled Sammy Callahan, which is actually one of the best live matches I've ever seen. Um, and I was trying to get him on top rope nation, but we hadn't even produced a show yet. So he hadn't heard of us and I, he was giving me the runaround. I couldn't get him on, but, uh, Now, I've been really high on him. I was saying early on in the show in 2016 that I thought he was the top guy in the independent scene. I think he's going to have the most success. I think he is almost like a a once-in-a-generation type talent. I think that he stands apart from everyone else. I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle on the main roster because he is kind of smaller and everything, but I think this this guy's sky's the limit for him. So I would have to go with Ricochet. Um, I was... When I read the Observer this week, and I was I was hearing about the rewrites of RAW. Evidently, Ricochet was gonna wrestle Balor on that show, and Triple H got that match changed to the tag match. Which that was a hell of a good call because you can't you can't do that match right away. That should be a, that should be a match at WrestleMania, I think. Kyle.
0: Yeah, I mean, if that was true, that story that Triple H was absolutely in the right because <laughs> it's one of those situations, and WWE does this a lot where they book a match where neither guy should lose. And somebody, uh, you know, it just it just winds up not helping anybody and just hurting maybe two guys because they they book it where no one really gets over. So yeah, uh, th- there is there was no reason uh for Ricochet to wrestle Finn Balor's first time out because either Finn, who's the new intercontinental champion, loses or Ricochet loses his debut, and neither of those make any sense to me.
1: Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap up with this and then some listener questions here, real quick. But uh we wanted to talk about the flair birthday celebration coming up this week and where we think that's headed. Obviously, um, Becky Lynch is going to probably be involved here to get her involved in this WrestleMania storyline a little bit more. So any predictions as far as what the angle is they're going to do in the Flair birthday celebration to, you know, if I think about it to me, obviously, Becky Lynch is going to come with a gift and it's going to be a King Cobra (laughs) (laughs) in a box for Ric Flair. That's the only way to go about doing this. You know, any any productions though? No, seriously. Anyone anyone have any ideas of where this is headed on Monday night? Andrew. Flare flop into the cake. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Justin.
2: Uh somebody's got to pop out of a box a la you know, like Lex Luger hiring people to texting.
1: <laughs> Kyle. Maybe Becky sleeps with Rick. Oh my goodness. Oh my god,
3: that would be great. Imagine Becky and Rick making out.
0: <laughs> that way, that's a way to get back at Trump. By the way, my buddy actually legitimately suggested.
1: It. Can you imagine the online outrage? Yeah, on that big one?
0: fan of the show, Chad. Of course, he would suggest it. like that. Oh. No, I, I would suspect Rick will get some sort of gift and like, you know, King I'm, Cobra. Well, no, no, like, you no, know, like some sort <laughs> of like, like a car or something like that. I, and because they keep like, you know, having her do the Austin cosplay, I could see something where like Rick's presented with like a Rolls Royce because you know Vince loves destroying expensive things on television. And, like, Becky comes out, like, in a monster truck and, like, drives over it and shows up. Like, that's how she busted the building. I could see something like that. Um, I think this week could be a litmus test for Becky, by the way. Here's something that needs to be talked about. Where is TV this, taking place this week? I have no idea. I haven't even... Okay, I have the answer. It's Atlanta, Georgia, and Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm. If you want to get heel heat on Rick Flair, man, I don't know if there's two worse cities to do it in. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I mean, Becky. I mean, if she still gets cheered, that's. Cr- I mean, I think if she, if maybe the crowd, you know, likes Rick and, and maybe doesn't want to see it, I don't think that's a huge deal long term. But whoo, I, I think it's an interesting little thing to pay attention to. That you know, um, the birthday celebrations in Atlanta, which isn't quite Charlotte for Rick, but obviously, but it'll be interesting to see because you know there was a time on this broadcast when I when they were first uh scratch of their heads with this whole Becky Charlotte ordeal and hadn't decided to go with Becky as the baby face. I was like, if you wanted to make Becky a big heel, maybe you have her beat up Rick. You know, that was my idea to like heal her more. And now apparently it's going to be their big way to get her into the WrestleMania match as their top babyface.
1: Well if they can if they can get Flair booed or they can cheer on the beatdown of Rick Flair in those cities. Yeah that's, that's something that's else. In her favor.
0: And let's be honest here, Rick Flair this is not his first appearance on national television. He knows how to heal a crowd. Yeah. So this one of the great things of all time was that, that slammy awards when he's like, why don't you people like John Cena? And he was like so <laughs> disgusted with them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned the uh, King Cobra thing in jest here a second ago, but that was a call back to 91. Andrew, I know you were at the SummerSlam 91 cause I, uh, I was listening to your interview that you did the other guy with uh, the YouTube uh, sensation. Uh, What's his name? Justin Wang. Wang. Justin Wang. Justin Wang. That was that was a good interview. Check that out, you guys. But uh, I watched some of his videos. I went down the rabbit hole the other day. He did the thing on the Ultimate Warriors. The the uh, the rumor of the two Ultimate Warriors back in the day. Unbelievable. Man, Like, it's crazy to think about how that stuff happened with no Internet back in 1992, 1993. I, I think everybody in the world knew that story.
3: You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, my friend Joseph Teneri, uh, he told me the story that the original Ultimate Warrior died. And this new guy with the 90s mom haircut is not it's not the same guy. And my father turned around and said, no, no, no. He didn't not. He did not die. He was so good that they paid him to go home and they brought in a loser ultimate warrior because <laughs> this guy
1: was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, did you hear this rumor? In I did school not, back in the no, day. Absolutely Man. not. Well, well yeah.
2: the second warrior, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just crazy how this stuff My father around. was kayfabing the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Let's get some listener questions. Uh one of these we actually already hit on organically. It just did-
0: it just turns out that George Lahorian went to jail. Was a real <laughs> answer, if any of us
1: know. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, David sent in a question. I think we kind of already answered this. He said, I'd be curious to hear thoughts on whether this week's ratings increases on Raw and SmackDown have more to do with the debut of NXT stars and mixing up the roster or increasing the number of matches segments involving male wrestlers. Can female wrestlers bring better ratings? And we kind of already touched on that already. But I, I think Becky's bringing the ratings. But as far as the... In general, Andrew's you know, take on that with, with the numbers as far as the total Bellas impact, that's that's something to think about. And, and uh, keep
0: in mind, this is the week after a pay-per-view where there is a normal Yeah,
1: pay-per-view. Yeah, like early on, people are tuning in, which I think was probably due to the Becky angle with Charlotte the night before. So right? that could be a, a main motivation for that. Um, Chris sent in, is this DIY thing going to continue? Please answer yes, hashtag. I think, I think so. What do you guys think?
2: Nope. We answered that earlier too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they,
1: they, 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 they turned well until team. well until that until until the NXT thing airs, which do you know what episode that was, by the way, from the tapings?
0: I, it'll be the last one. It'll it so it'll be it will not air to like mid March.
1: Yeah. So they, until mid March I, I would say. I think they take like three
0: weeks of it or, yeah. or whatever. So and, and there's still another batch of tapings to make the mania card clear.
1: Okay. Um, and then we've got a question from Aman, who is over in the UK, big-time fan of the show. Here from here, him uh, pretty often. He says, "Could you discuss if Miz is underrated? I feel he is the best promo oh, guy in the company. What a good, question! Good in the ring and does so much for the company, including the media and extra projects. To me, he should get a lot of lot more respect and credit than he does. Additionally, he's rarely in the main event scene." How about this for a take i believe the Miz is the biggest mainstream star they have produced since the cena orton era do you guys agree kyle
0: well it kind of lost me in that last part
1: but <laughs> um
0: it i'm glad because this gives me a chance to bring up that opening segment on smackdown you know i think we're probably all in agreement that you know i hate jumping on the cliches but if there's one cliche in WWE that kind of rings true consistently it's you know, these scripted promos you know they're but that Ms. Shane Usos deal at the biggest spot I thought was great, and like really, act, it was actually a rare instance of a promo making me want to see a match. And you know, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a heated match because in Cle, it's gonna be in Cleveland where Ms. is from here. And you know, um, yeah, I think Miz does is underrated. It you know he's because he doesn't fit a certain archetype. I think he's looked down on, but. Um, in terms of delivering those pre-written promos
1: that WWE wants, he's one of the best. I think it's so weird seeing him as a babyface though. Yes. But you people know? you want know, people are into it though. Yeah, that's how, that was my next point. Is like, he's been he's been good at it.
0: Like, like that promo he cut, like, there are a lot of people that would cut that same promo and it would die a hideous death.
1: Yes, this guy he, was like on the verge of tears.
0: Yes, he made it so convincing. And yeah. Like Miz and Shane is not my deal, you know, but the people like
2: it.
1: Yeah. So Miz underrated, Justin?
2: Uh, No, I think he's properly rated. I mean, he's been in major programs for how many WrestleManias in a row here. Uh, He's fantastic.
1: I like when people are properly rated.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I think that's where Miz is.
1: What about the main event? Um, Part of this question, though, Andrew, do you think he should be more involved in the main event scene than he is currently? I think he's great in the upper mid card. You need a strong
3: character like him in the upper mid card. Uh, Sometimes not everyone should be in the main event. Sometimes people have a great role. I think he's awesome where he is. Uh, He's a great companion to a semi main event type of guy. Uh, The guy is very underappreciated, uh, you know, for a guy that took so much crap for so many years as being, you know, uh, just from everybody across the board about how he's not a great wrestler, he's not this. The guy's great. He he's healthy, he stays there, he looks great, he's a great ambassador to the brand, uh and he's able to to do all these media appearances. He's a major asset to the company. Uh I I I like him to do more uh stuff, but he doesn't necessarily have to be in a main event in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much where you guys are. I think, I think he's underrated. We've been pretty vocal in the past on the show that we've been big fans of him as a heel. We were all lo- really looking forward to the program with Brian, which maybe didn't live up to the hype, but maybe has a little bit more to do with uh, how they booked the storyline. But he got that thing over big time in the build to that. I think he's been arguably the best heel on the main roster when he was in the heel role for a long time. And so now I'd be hard pressed to disagree. With what Amon said. So uh main event-wise, I would like to see him get at least one more run, maybe with, with the world title, and maybe that can happen down the line. So uh do we think Shane might turn heel on him? Yes, I think that. Yeah.
0: Because if, that. it's gonna be in Cleveland, okay, which is one thing. So like the crowd's gonna be behind the miss. One can only assume. And then, you know, Andrew's kind of talked about some of these things you have to, when he brought up the Daniel Bryan title belt and how maybe you need to consider that, factor that into creative. The Miz has got this TV show going, right? Second season, Miz and Mrs. on the USA Network. And he comes across as like a baby face on that show. Mm-hmm. So are they going to keep him as a baby face in WWE? Because of that.
1: Well, they, I mean, they kept him as a heel for the first season, so it's not a must, yeah, but, that's I...
0: True, but I mean, you know, maybe now they're like, well, you know, this thing's getting renewed. We, you know, we want him to mirror, you know, we want him, what he is on our television. We want him to mirror what he is. On. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I think it's Miz as a baby face. You're right. It doesn't sound right. He's a natural heel, but even when he was like towards the, t- when that Brian feud was kind of sputtering to its end, remember he, he would, he, he did that segment with Brian and AJ. The crowd was cheering for Miz in an organic way, mm-hmm. and so like that's something that you know, like maybe the Meltzers or the Kellers, or the world miss that this WWE audience views the Miz as a star, yeah. whether they do or not. The, the audience does. Mm.
2: That's why he's properly rated.
1: What if I mean? He, <laughs> yeah, it's true. He he made such a big deal about his dad coming to the match. What if Shane McMahon gets to his dad, and his dad takes out. The miss and cost them. Oh the, Miz the match. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You could see that happening, right? What if, What if his dad turns
0: on him? That's he what I'm been... saying. That oh, Shane oh, okay. gets oh, Shane sorry.
1: gets to his dad and oh, has okay. convinced I'm... his dad to take his own son up.
0: I misunderstood. I misunderstood. You. I thought you meant Shane like attacks his
1: dad. Oh uh, well, no. I'm. I mean, his dad cost him the match because he's teamed up with Shane McMahon. You and know. his dad does uh, the uh, Paul Bearer. You're no son of mine. <laughs> yes. oh <my> God. <laughs> exactly. I I could see it. I could see it could be a hell of a show. Maybe we'll have to do a live post show that night. We haven't done one of those in a long time. Well, I'm going to be. Oh, actually, of that, so. yeah, that's right. We can't because Kyle's going to be at the show. That's right. Can't do that. So <laughs> WrestleMania will probably have to do something like that. But uh, I, I guess I don't really have anything else on the agenda unless you guys got anything else before we hit the road here.
0: I'll drive home real quick and I'll do a post game just for you, Ryan.
1: Yeah. Well, you can live stream from your car. Get someone to drive you. You'll, you'll probably be like eight beers oh, in at that point. I was gonna say,
0: remember the last, remember scenes from the last time I was at WWE a live WWE event,
2: hmm.
1: SmackDown.
0: Well, actually, when wouldn't have been the last time. Remember that SmackDown when Cena and Nakamura wrestled. Yeah. yeah that was. <laughs> I don't think anyone would want to be on their podcast at that juncture.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, hey. Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah. really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun doing this. This was awesome. I'll do it anytime you want me to come on. Hell yeah. We'll get you back on. And if cool. I am ever in Queens, I'm calling you up. I want to appear in that studio. That is my dream. You are more than welcome. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, check him out of the GFQ Network on uh, YouTube. Matt Men Podcast. What the Tech. You can find him at Andrew Zarian, at Matt Men Podcast. Justin Joint at Justin Joint kyle ross at trp kyle i am at historical ryan find us at topropenation.com wherever podcasts are found if you've been tuning in on youtube hit that subscribe button we would appreciate it more than you know and we will be back next week with episode 87 top rope nation have a good weekend